Life is full of questions. It's full of twists, turns, and complex issues to try to figure out. You need answers. Welcome to The Financial Answer with Nathan O'Brien. Hit it. You'll hear us discuss the pitfalls and common investing mistakes we see people make and encourage you to think about solutions to some of the problems and question marks you might face in your own financial life. So let's get to the show. Hey gang, welcome into another edition of The Financial Answer with Nathan O'Brien and myself here to bust some financial myths this go around on the podcast. What's going on, my friend? Oh, not much. Just uh, enjoying the day. We've had some had some awesome things happen here lately. We uh, we purchased a firm. We actually bought a firm out of uh, out of Nashville, wow. and so we've been merging all of those clients over and uh, been been busy. Yeah, very <laughs> very cool. busy. So yeah, yeah, well, it's been good. Yeah, that's awesome. good. So, yeah, you got yourself yeah. uh, some more work cut out for you, but yeah, that's okay. Yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, these are it's a good group of clients that we transitioned or that nice. we are transitioning. So yeah, it's um. It's good. So they, well, welcome to the family. To new clients. Hopefully, uh, you yes, guys subscribe to the that's podcast, right. and that's right. This is another great way to get some additional information, education, and for also to share with folks who might benefit from working with Nathan as well. So that's whatever right. the case might be. Uh, so are you? You everybody's got to be. You got to be familiar with the the old TV show. When I say old because it's not on anymore. It was not that old, but uh, the MythBusters. <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's a great show. Yeah. It was a great show. It really it was. was. It we was need more awesome stuff like that. Yeah, I know. Uh, I education, know. It's a lot of junk now. <laughs> science, right? Education, science, fun, all wrapped up in one. That's Busting right. movie myths or whatever That's fun right. things they would tackle. So uh, these are basically financial myths, okay? That I have for you. So you're not necessarily okay. you're not necessarily busting them because I think they already are busted. Okay. But you can kind of say, you know what? Actually, that one actually is plausible, or whatever the case might be. Okay. But then right. kind of just break good. down why it no longer makes sense, or maybe it once upon a time was accurate and now it's a myth, kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. That makes no, sense. That's that's perfect. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So let's jump good. in. I got a few of them for you. Um, okay. Shifting from stocks to bonds removes the volatility from your portfolio. That's the first myth. This this is kind of the standard yeah. philosophy for many, many years, especially a while back. Yeah. That this is what you do. But is is it a myth? It doesn't remove it completely. It okay. should reduce it, um, but it may not even do that. That's the nowadays weird thing. right now. Yeah, it's all no, up, that's yeah. right. That's the weird thing. I mean, long-term bonds have been, you know, have had a tremendous amount of volatility mm-hmm. this year because they go down a lot when interest rates go up, and we've had tremendous interest rate increases. So. Theoretically, yes, that's supposed to happen. It removes the volatility from your portfolio when you buy bonds, and that's a lot of what people try to do when they're retiring, maybe, or something like that. So they're they're trying to be more conservative. But it, you've got to be careful what you buy. That's what you know. That's the lesson that I would say to learn from this. Just be careful the types of bonds, the credit quality of those, the maturity of those bonds. So if they're Longer than 10 years, it's going to give you a lot of volatility. I mean, it, it may be something that you want, but just understand there's still a lot of volatility in bonds that have a maturity of 10 years or longer. So uh, be careful with it because it, it can still fluctuate a lot. <laughs> oh, no, it can. And it's a it's a hot mess. I mean, obviously, so many things are, you know, we always hear Nathan like it's different this time, but the mm. pandemic certainly mm-hmm. did put, and then this the supply and demand and chain issues since really have thrown new wrinkles into 
a lot of the, I guess, tried and true. Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Things, which would, you, you would make well, into our whole process and is, the whole process operating is, yeah. a country. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just it's changed so much, and how we get things, and how often we get things, and that's really, you know, that's why we've, I think, we've seen the market go down like that. It's just, just so much that's kind of hit all at one time for this year. So, um, plus inflation and other things. You know, people are still buying like. Um, like they're going to die this year. It, it's people are spending money like crazy, and uh, which is fine, okay. But uh, you know, people are paying outrageous prices for things, paying premiums for things, um, just because they want to get it now, and uh, and it's so hard to get things now. So uh, those, you know, it's just it's weird. It's a weird setup that we're at at this point. It's definitely different than anything we've seen in in my lifetime for for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I was just talking uh, with an economist the other day on an interview, actually, Nathan, and we were talking about, you know, the inflation issues and so on and so forth. And so one of the things that I thought was really interesting with the gas, with the fuel prices and whatnot, he was talking about he had some data on the just the sheer number of how many uh, refineries and processing places were in effect prior to closing down the globe. You know, something like 850 or something like that, I think, just in the U.S. And it got all the way down to like 100 and something. Uh, oh, wow. And at this point in time, we're only back to about 700 in operation. So, oh, okay. you know, the supply chain issues are, are definitely a real thing. But when you have, like, the <laughs> national economists saying, we're not exactly sure why we're seeing all this inflation, it kind of makes people <laughs> go, what? How do you guys not know this? You know? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's pretty frustrating. So you kind of sit there and scratch your head. So, again, a lot of these things, like bonds, have been really kind of thrown asunder with all the, the changes. Um, so that was the first method. Have. We got yeah. kind of long-winded on that one. But we'll see if no, we can go a little right. faster. <laughs> uh, number two, once you retire, life insurance really is not is no longer necessary. Yeah, well, that's that depends on your goals. So, I mean, hopefully, life insurance isn't necessary at that point. But maybe you want it. You know, maybe you're wanting to use it. Uh, you know, a lot of times we buy life insurance to pay off debts and things like that. So, hopefully, by the time you're retired, you you know, you're more you're mortgage free and you're debt free and all of that stuff. All of that's taken care of. Your investments have done well for you. So, you probably don't necessarily need it at that point. But there may be a reason that you want it uh, to pay tax bills when you, you know, when you transfer IRAs to your kids or something like that. So that's a, that's a reason that you might want it, but it's not necessarily something that you need uh, once you retire. Okay. All right. So that one's maybe, maybe plausible. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Uh, Number three, (laughs) you'll need less income when you're retired than you need while you're working. I definitely think this Mm. is a myth if you're applying it across the board. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It it seems like it's a sliding scale, Nathan. It is. Many people will say, well, actually, I think I need more than I did when I was working early on because I'm like, I'm going, you know. That's it. And that's what happens a lot of times is people plan on maybe needing less. And, you know, and I will say, you know, yes, they're probably right a lot of times because when you look at it, I mean, if someone's making, for example, if someone's making 100000 a year, they're not bringing home 100000 a year and they're probably contributing to their 401k and paying health insurance and some stuff there that will be, you know, reducing that monthly take home pay. Okay, so they probably will want the same take home pay in retirement that they have now or potentially more. Okay, uh, that's what I usually see, and, and it comes down to the travel. You know, the need, the desire, the want to uh, just go out and and do all these things that you haven't been able to do. So that first three to five years of retirement is much more expensive typically than what 
people actually plan on a lot of times if they haven't done a retirement plan. So um, it's it's a good idea to just make sure you consider that when you're doing your budgeting and looking at those things. Just sit down, add it up, make sure you got enough to do it. Yeah, definitely. And it kind of goes hand in hand with the next one, Nathan, that, well, if you're going to need less income, you'll be in a lower tax bracket when you retire. <laughs> that's and that's, right. I think, another myth as well. Many people wind it up is. just staying in the same, right? They do. Yeah, they end up being in the same bracket almost always. Um, and so that, you know, and just simply because of what I said earlier, I mean, people end up spending the same or more and it takes that same income. So unless federal laws change, tax brackets change, then pretty much you're going to stay in that same bracket. Uh, and hopefully, you know, at 72, taking those required distributions doesn't kick you to a higher bracket. So that can happen sometimes also because you're required to take out a certain amount from your IRAs and 401k accounts. And so we find ourselves in this position where we kind of, I don't know, I guess life in basic setups of structures of things, we're like, well, these are the tried and truisms, right? Well, we're going to be in a lower tax bracket. We're going to need less income. And so mm-hmm. we kind of go about these right. things and then kind of get a little blindsided if you don't have a plan or a strategy in place because then you get there and you go oh wait well that wound up being wrong no that's right that's right it's important it's important to do those financial plans and make sure that um you've you know you just got an eye on the future it's hard to plan it's impossible basically to plan for things if you don't have goals that are set and uh, talk to your advisor about those make sure that you've taken the time Mm -hmm. to do the plan make sure you considered all the factors on that and then yeah, there's going to be some things that happen. There's going to be random things that happen that cause you to have to change that. But other than that, it should run pretty smoothly for you. Okay. Um, if you if you do that planning in advance, and that's the key, you know. And I think with the lower tax bracket, I think maybe what happened is is we, there's this kind of misnomer that it naturally. Same thing, probably with the income. That if you just naturally go to work, put money in your four hundred one k, do the kind of tried and true things, that you'll naturally automatically be in this lower tax bracket and automatically need less income. And you can't, I don't think you can do that without planning. I just no, don't, in a modern right. world, you just can't do it. If you want to be in a lower tax yeah. bracket, it may be feasible, but it's right. going to require planning. Right. That's right. That's right. And it does. And it's usually many years ahead of time because right. you end up having to save through different buckets, you know, some potentially non-taxable buckets and things like that to have to have it where it's worthwhile to even have that account. So you can't just start a Roth IRA the year before you retire and expect to have, you know, a crazy amount of money you can draw out of on that thing. So it just doesn't work that way. So you've got to start planning this stuff way in advance to make sure that, yeah, if tax brackets do jump up for some reason, you know, then make sure that you can draw from these tax-free accounts during that time and and supplement income because you're going to need that supplement. We know that, especially with inflation like it is. You know you're going to need that supplement at some point. Um, When you do that, you don't want that to blow up your taxes and cause you to pay a crazy amount. Mm -mm. No, definitely not. You know, and and it's kind of like if you're thinking about like the ease of retirement planning or, or, or the thought process behind it when pensions were the norm, right? Oh, yeah. It's it's the same. It kind was of thing. so much easier. Well, then. yeah, it was because you were just like, hey, I punched the clock for forty That's years. Right. I did what That's I was right. supposed to. I'm yep. covered. <laughs> and so I think we kind of still carry that into the modern world of the last thirty years when pensions have not been the, the norm. And we say, hey, if we if we punch the clock and do all the things we're supposed to do, this will take care of itself. And it just doesn't, not without help. So right. you no, got to get some right. help. Uh, it that's can be right. done, but you got to have some help. All right, final one, Nathan. Financial planning today is much easier to do because 
of uh, without professional help, excuse me, because of all the technology that's available. I yeah. personally think this is a myth. I think it's easier for some things, but at the end of that's the day, right. it's yeah. also more confusing. That's right. That's what I was going to say is there's so much information out there. It's kind of like with investing. You know, if you Google mutual fund, the word mutual fund, or if you Google, you know, a certain stock, you're going to find thousands and thousands and thousands of articles about it. So it's the uh, same thing with millions. The, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so if you do that, you know, same thing with retirement planning or whatever, financial planning, whatever you're trying to accomplish there, you're going to get, first of all, a bunch of ads with, you know, from people trying to help you for free or for X amount of money or whatever. And mm-hmm. everybody's going to have a different opinion and all of this stuff. So, you know, who, who can you trust? That's the thing. And, and what do you want to follow? And so do some research. There's nothing wrong with that, Absolutely. but then find someone that, that you trust, that you can work with, that is there, that you can call on the phone say, Hey, this different thing happened in my life. I wasn't expecting this. How is this going to impact what we're trying to do? So uh, it's just good to have that person there to help you make those decisions. Well, you know, and if you think about from the D- the DIY movement of, of any industry, of any field, Nathan, the last decade, you know, 12 years, whatever, yeah, 15 yeah. years, so many industries have definitely, people are doing a lot of these things DIY, right? right. Uh, yep. Not just financial and planning, you know, but lots of different things, not just home flipping either, but right, lots of different things where people <laughs> are just right. taking on the onus on themselves for whatever the reason might be. And the market, if you're keeping it back to financial, the market made that a little easy the last 12 years because it's been pretty good. And so that coupled with the technology, I can see where people kind of fall into the, hey, I've made it this far without help. I don't need it. (laughs) What happens, and you can attest to this because you've been doing this a while, is when you get to the preservation stage, which is retirement, Mm -hmm. there's so many more pieces and people wind up going, oh, shoot. I didn't see that one coming or I didn't know about this or... You know, what you don't know winds up hurting you. No, taking money out the right way is huge. And and that's and that's an important part that people miss a lot of times um, because it's hard to do it. It's hard to take money out of a, uh, you know, out of a stock bond portfolio. You know, when stocks are going down, you need to pull it out of bonds. But it's hard to do that because that's the only thing that's up at the time. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, it's really hard to do that. And people just don't want to do that. But that's one of the things, one of the many things that you've got to consider and make sure that you do in times when uh, when markets are up or down. You know, you've, there's just a lot of things that you have to do correctly to make it work out. And um, even then, it's not a guarantee, of course. Um, but having that guidance, having someone who has, like myself, who has retired hundreds of times because I've worked with clients that have done that hundreds of times. <laughs> you lucky dog you, right? Yeah, that's right. No, and so it just allows us to be able to make sure that things that we've run into in the past, make sure that you're not making those same errors, making sure that those things are, are working out for you where it kind of maybe, you know, was a challenge for someone else. We saw that, we fixed that issue, yeah, but yeah. we can make sure that you avoid that issue going forward. So yeah. um, that's where that personal advisor can help. Yeah. And it definitely is where I think the sounding board, which I talk about often, I think just so invaluable in my opinion, because even if you've been DIYing it and you decide, hey, we all need counseling. Yeah. And and you decide, (laughs) hey, I need some help. I mean, having that, whatever field you want to look at, you you know, coaching, whatever you want to talk, you know, every industry, somebody, even like the, you know, the the best of the best turn to a coach. So um, because 
there's so much stuff in the world, right? We're inundated with information all the time, and it's hard to retain it all. So having another set of eyes or ears to kind of help you and go, whoa, pump the brakes, Charlie, right? Yep. There's just yes. a lot of things there. So yeah, that's our that's myths. Right. Yeah, that's our myths this go around. Hopefully uh, that helps you out a little bit, had a little bit of fun. So if you've got some questions about some of these things, of course, please don't hesitate to reach out to Nathan and have a conversation so that you don't take any action without seeing how it affects you specifically. Find all that information at thefinancialanswer.com. Hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you like to use, Apple, Google, Spotify, so on and so forth, at thefinancialanswer.com. That's thefinancialanswer.com. Thanks for hanging out, my friend, as always. I appreciate you. Yeah, same here. It's good to talk to you again. Everyone have a great weekend. Yep, and we'll see you a little later in August, right? right here on The Financial Answer. O'Brien & Associates is a registered advisory firm in Tennessee. This show is intended for information and educational purposes only. Consult with a qualified advisor before taking any action.